0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon So I think it's only appropriate, Shannon, to uh, just bring up what all has transpired since our last show.
1: What's been happening?
0: Well, you know, that's the show where we introduced CovenantSpice.com, our, yeah, our, our sponsor. Yeah, our sponsor. And we had traffic galore.
1: <laughs> Did uh, we have a traffic jam?
0: Well, I don't, yeah, I mean, we weren't at, the, at, at risk of shutting down the site, which, you know, I've always <laughs> wanted to try to do that, is shut down my site for some, just because of a traffic influx. But it, I think because of the server stuff I've got set up, that's almost impossible. <laughs> but yeah, well that's but, a good time. Yeah, it is a good thing. But it's been—it's great to see the response. That there's lots of people speaking up, saying, "Oh yeah, we've been—we've used Covenant Spice before, or we've used other people that we're not going to talk about because Covenant Spice gets the gets the plug with this one." There um, you go. And
1: the others will get the plug when they pay the sponsorship fee. There you fee, go. Right? Um, <laughs>
0: But it's, it's one of those that, that's also brought in some emails and some questions because there's people intrigued and curious and then coming up with, okay, how do I introduce this? How do I, you know, what do I do to, to get this started in my relationship? And, <laughs> I
1: can imagine that conversation. So um, how do you feel about vibrators, <laughs> dildos, battery-powered orgasms, all of the above? Right.
0: Right, because I mean that—that's kind of an awkward conversation, isn't it?
1: <laughs> well, I for some, yes, I can imagine that it would be.
0: Well, okay. And first off, let's just add that. Hey, welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, and we're glad you've taken some time to listen to us again. And you honor us every week when you join us. So wherever you are and however you're listening, I want to say thanks. And if you want to jump in and give us any kind of feedback, comments, questions, we love hearing from our listeners. So send us an email at feedback at, at sexymergeradio.com. You can also jump on iTunes, give us any kind of review and comments there. That helps us climb the charts and spread the word. So, all right. So I'm thinking that this is a topic that, you know, in the circles I'm around, there's not a lot of toy talk that that happens (laughs) i mean there's just not
1: this isn't dinner table conversation for you Corey. who are you having dinner
0: with (laughs) surprisingly it's not i mean i I think of how often the conversations with the people i'm around turn to sex but it doesn't go that deep you know it doesn't go that i mean some circles it could be kinky well it could be kinky in some circles it could be oh what are you doing there you know and, and some of that's just kind of this whole private secret world, which we allude, allude to, that's so awesome that you don't share that part with other people, which that's pretty right. cool.
1: And that's, yeah, that's perfectly normal. If, if this wasn't part of my ministry and my career and my calling, I doubt that I would be talking so openly about <laughs> sex toys and whatnot either.
0: Right. So it, it got me thinking, you know, we need to answer a couple of questions that have come up from this being, you know, how do you introduce this topic? And, and one that was talked about by Layal in, in the last show that she did talk about her experience with this and how the whole idea of a company came to be for this. But it it also then brings up, you know, what, I, I don't know, how do you define what's appropriate and what's not for your relationship? Maybe I want to introduce something that, uh, uh, you know, I, I just I think my, my partner may think st- is sick and perverted, but, but I want to introduce it, you know, and,
1: Well, and and you have to remember that the reason that it's so awkward is simply because it's not familiar. That's the only reason. True. If this were a conversation that you had had over and over, for whatever reason, it wouldn't be so awkward. So the way to get past the awkwardness is to talk about it anyway.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about it. Let's go. (laughs) So here's my beef when people assume... Uh, which you know, you know what they say about that word? I assume makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, when people assume that there's something quote sinful unquote about sex toys, well, I want to ask them why? Why? Why would you think that it's sinful? Well, they're not mentioned in scripture. There's a whole host of things not mentioned in scripture. Does that mean that every single thing that's not mentioned in scripture is sin? Heavens no. That's not right. what the Bible was intended to be. But the notion that, well, it's it, it's helping a woman in particular achieve orgasm through some other means besides her husband's direct stimulation. Right. Her husband is still involved. We have to get out of this notion that this is a masturbatory aid. This is not a masturbatory aid. This is a marital aid. Right. So if he wants to use something to titillate her all the more and make it all the more interesting and enjoyable for her to make her a more interested and motivated sex partner, what's wrong with that? And the thing is, is uh oh, well, well, it's a man-made gadget introduced into the marriage bed. Well, you know what? So are mattresses and pillows. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, they are. And (laughs) air conditioning and heat and... (laughs)
1: Exactly. Um, and lubricants. And, yep. you know, I mean, if we're going to take it all the way back to the Garden of Eden, you know, just go out on your back lawn and, you know, even strip up all the grass. I, don't, I mean, I guess they had grass, though, in the Garden of Eden. You, you get my idea, though. I got gotcha. you. We, we can't be that organic with our notions of what's acceptable in the marriage bed. Right. Um, Because if we're if we are going to be that literal, then we all need to get rid of all of our clothes. Right. Because clothes were not a part of the original. Not
0: the original one. Yes, he did. You know, I get what you're saying.
1: Exactly. So what are your thoughts when people say, you know, oh, but yeah, I'm, I'm afraid that that would be a sin or that my wife would think that that's a sin or that my husband would think that that's a sin. What What happens inside your spirit as a man when you hear that fear?
0: Well, I mean, again, it it just comes down to what you alluded to early on in our conversation of. Anytime we we venture into the world of uncomfortable, it's easy to start to label and therefore shut it down just because it's uncomfortable.
1: Unfamiliar. Right. It's just yes.
0: I I don't like talking about this. You know, this. that's that idea of, that I've mentioned that, you know, sex is leftovers that, you know, I'll, you, I'll use you and Greg as an example. Because if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, Shannon and I are not married to each other, but we are married. And so – Let's say, you know, Shannon, you have what you're not willing to do and not willing to explore. Greg has whatever he's not willing to do and not willing to explore, and you guys do whatever's left over. I mean, that's where the, right. the concept of sex as leftovers comes from. Right. But we also have this idea of we need to be able to grow beyond the things that just make us uncomfortable and really come to grips with what's that about. And yeah, I'm okay not doing that. That's something I'm not interested in you know there I, there are some things in those in this everything goes world that we live in with society that yeah I don't really want to do that cuz I don't think it's really enhancing the relationship and to me that's what it comes down to cuz we I, we got an email from a listener that that did come to the whole idea of how do you correlate toys with the masturbatory side of things and is that then a problem and I think we've talked about this before and if not it's worth talking about for sure is, is it enhancing the relationship or is it de- a, a deterrent to the relationship?
1: Right. Are, are you separating yourself from your spouse to use it and robbing them of the mutual pleasure? Right. That would be a masturbatory experience. And that could easily be construed as sin if the other partner felt betrayed by that. Right. If they felt neglected or left out for any reason whatsoever. Right. Then sure, that's a problem.
0: Right. Because if... But,
1: what we're encouraging is for couples to enjoy these things together. Right. Very different thing.
0: Right. It is, and and that really comes down to just a personal growth, you know, a personal choice, a personal definition of self, yeah. if you will, because it's it's this idea of hey, I really want to try this, and your spouse is ain't no way are we right. doing that, and well, what do you do with that?
1: And that's what I was going to say is I think that the whole awkwardness of the introducing of a gadget into the marriage really comes down to you can't introduce that without talking about it first. Like <laughs> right. if you think about, you know, like oral sex, you can kind of gradually move in that direction and see what your spouse does. And if they, you know, kind of move a certain way, you kind of get the signal that, yes, you can go there or no, you can't. But you never had to talk about it. But with this, it requires Conversation I'm reminded of the of the lady who was like, My husband bought hundreds of dollars of these things, and I had him ship them right back right. You know, <laughs> trying to get a refund because he hadn't talked to her about it first, right so it does require communication
0: well, but I, would, I would say Shannon, every change up requires communication, even even introducing oral sex I mean you, or a
1: new position you increase or, the
0: likelihood of a willingness to go there if you do some ground, lay some groundwork ahead of time. (laughs) Right. Sex
1: is communication. Absolutely. it is communication, communication. Because we
0: all have scripts that we follow with most of the routine of sex. You know, I I mean, my belief is that most couples have a a fairly small repertoire of Mm -hmm. of things they do and how they do it. And so changing that up, Man, sometimes it it does require, Hey, you know, I've been thinking about, I'd like to try something different or I'd like to, you know, you just kind of put that out there and it's not this whole right in the middle of it. Hey, hold on. And you reach under the bed and pull out something. It's Hey, what do you think? You know that.
1: Right. Or simply asking, you know, like I'm trying to envision in my head, what kind of conversation would actually fly with a wife? Um, and I'm envisioning that if, if a husband were to approach his wife and ask, You know, am I pleasing you often enough? Am I pleasing you deeply enough? Is there anything more that I can do to enhance the experience for you? Right. I would be willing to, you know, to learn new techniques with my fingers. I would be willing to learn new techniques with my tongue. I would be willing to use a vibrator if that's something that you would find pleasurable. So just verbalize it as a willingness to serve. Right. A willingness to make happy and a willingness to please, not as an expectation of I want you to use this or I want to use this on you. That that can certainly feel a little abusive, a little intrusive, uh, but offering it as an option simply be, simply by saying I'm willing if you would enjoy that. Um, and if you don't feel as if you would enjoy it now, but you change your mind in the future, I would always be willing to revisit the conversation and then just respecting however she feels in the matter. And you never know, you you could be just planting the seed that particular day. And her first response might be, oh, heavens, no, good grief. Where'd right. you get that idea? And you can just smile and say, you know, well, I mean, Sexy Marriage Radio was talking about it. <laughs> but if it's not appealing yep. to you, then we certainly don't need to go there. I don't feel as if anything's missing. I'm just offering, if you would find it pleasurable, I would be happy to, to, you know, to find something for us if you'd like for me to. But if you, if it, if it's not an option, then I won't even bring it up again. Yeah. you never know a week or two later, she may have ruminated on that possibility enough that she comes back and says, "Well, you know that suggestion that you made yep. you, know, so so don't assume that her immediate answer is her final answer
0: well, yeah, absolutely, that's that idea of that's that falls into the steps to great sex that us. US Take the stance that your spouse is the most adventurous, spontaneous person on the face of the planet. Aww. It's up to them. Step two is it's up to them to say no to anything they're not interested in doing. And then number three is if you hear the word no, you don't take it personal and you refer back to rule number one because <laughs> there's a difference between hearing, you know, I'm just not really there this time. I'm not, no. Versus don't ever do that again. You know, those, those are two different no's. Right. You know, if, right. if if you ever try that again, I will cut your penis off. You know, that's <laughs> kind that of a that's it, kind of seriously. a definite okay, I will not try that again. <laughs> but if it's just a no, I'm not interested in that, okay. That doesn't mean next time she's not or he's exactly. not. Exactly.
1: Okay, so Corey, I painted the picture of how to approach the wife to see if she might be interested. But I can envision that there are a lot of women out there thinking, well, actually, I'm totally on board with the idea. I'm just afraid that it will emasculate my husband to even make the suggestion. I'm afraid that he will interpret it as you're not good enough. You're not man that's, enough. That's a valid Maybe, fear. We, yeah, <laughs> which you can't automatically assume that he's going to take it that way. But I can't understand a woman wanting to be sensitive and and not want to risk offending her husband or emasculating him. So how could a woman best approach that conversation with her man in order to make him feel more like a man and not less like a man?
0: Well, it, it's in the idea of keeping it within the relationship context that this is something to enhance for both of us, because if, right. if, you, fall, if you fall into the idea too. of nothing turns on a man more than a fully sexually turned on woman, that if it's something you want to introduce and it's really for you as a wife, then that's kind of, that's you stepping up and taking more charge of your sexuality in the context of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So there might be some hurt feelings from it of, what, I can't provide enough pleasure for you? Well, no, <laughs> you can't. And I want to learn together never how to ses- do more. Right.
1: There's not such a thing as too much pleasure, is there?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Hold on. Let's think about that. (laughs) That might go on a whole different path. But but it is one of those that, you know, some of the – it goes back to, Shannon, it goes back to this idea of how do you speak the truth honestly when there's going to be pain involved?
1: or when there's when there could be you what? you can't automatically assume
0: no th- that's true you can't but there are some things we need to say in marriage and there are some things we need to say in life that are going to produce some pain you know disciplining your children produces some pain but yeah. there's a difference in the in clean pain versus dirty pain yeah you know so if if you're talking truth as far as you are concerned of hey this is something I want to do for my life and for our relationship mhm then Go for it. And then just use the knowledge you have of your husband to not cater to him and make it soft in the sense of, I want to make sure this is as little, as less offensive as possible, but more kind of fit it into the the scenario of, you know, how there's times when you've really asked me what would really enhance this. Well, here you go. This is the way I think it would. Or this is something I've really been interested in, in exploring. And Let's, let's. What do you think? And you just kind of open up the dialogue and you see where it goes. The
1: reality is, is it's not just for her. So she actually could say, I wonder what it would feel like to us both right. to have some good vibrations going on down right. there. Because from what I hear on Sexy Marriage Radio is that when she puts that vibrating object, like let's say she rests it on her clitoris while his penis is inside her vagina – She's just turned her squeeze box into a vibrating squeeze box. Yep. You can't tell me that there aren't lots of men out there who'd be very curious to see what that feels <laughs> like, if for no other reason, just to experiment.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So ladies, you have to get over the idea that this is totally for you and is going to send him the message that you're not good enough. It could be quite opposite the way that he interprets it. It could be that, wow, she's offering me a whole new level of pleasure that I haven't fathomed before, or maybe I have fathomed it, but just didn't have the courage to ask. And he may take you up on it quicker than, Mm -hmm. what's a great analogy? Quicker than what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just, what I'm thinking of is something you've alluded to twice that I'm totally comfortable with, that if you need to throw sexy marriage radio under the bus as a way ah, to introduce yeah. some things in your relationship, go right ahead.
1: Yeah. Quicker uh. than Corey and Shannon talk about sex. There you go. <laughs> there That's you how go. quick
0: you can do it. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know, I know that some people might have the question, how kinky is too kinky? Because I think a lot of people see marital aids as too kinky. Sure. And then, then there are other couples who feel as if Well, duh, of course there's going to be a vibrator involved. They don't see it as kinky at all. They see it as just basic instruments, you know, like manual, uh, you know, manual tools for the trade or whatever. But I I wanted to call our attention to the fact that there's something that just happened recently on TV that um, I I think I just think that it deserves attention in in response to the question how kinky is too kinky based on our opinions. And I think that people know we are very open minded We definitely encourage people to be trailblazers in their own marriage bed and to boldly go where nobody's ever gone before to the extent that it's comfortable for you, et cetera. But when I heard about this, I was a little shocked and disheartened because I don't want people getting the impression that this is an okay place to venture into in trying to scratch the kinky itch. There's a show called Mad Men that's been wildly popular. I've only seen a couple of episodes just to kind of see what the big hubbub is about. But I got a call from a friend who was telling me that, oh, my goodness, you're not going to believe what just happened on the most recent episode. The main character, Don Draper, who's played by John Hamm, uh, he's trying to go to sleep. And his wife comes in and initiates not just sex with him, but brings in a female friend and initiates a menage a trois. Okay. So... So, Corey, there might be some people out there that this is their greatest fantasy of having a threesome. Uh, You know, like other than going full-blown orgy, you really can't get much kinkier than having a third person in your marriage bed. What? Why do you think – I'm assuming you think this is a bad idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Because this is one of those that you take it out of the context of the relationship now. I mean you've it's, you've introduced some another person which is a completely different system.
1: Right, it's it's very different than introducing another gadget right. who it, has no an feelings and will tell right. no secrets. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: an inanimate object and there's yeah, you could get in you could fall in love with a vibrator. But yeah, it's not fall in love back. You know, it's not <laughs> it doesn't care, you know. So But so it's just when you change the dynamic to that extent, you change everything.
1: Yeah. and, And I heard a pastor at the church where I was speaking a couple of weeks ago in Des Moines, Iowa. He said it best. He said the purpose of orgasm is to bond us with our spouse. Right. That this is the only person on the planet that we experience this extreme euphoric level of pleasure with.
0: And there's actually a brain bonding that happens with orgasm, too.
1: Exactly. And we're going to talk about that on an upcoming show when we talk to Dr. Bill Struther. Right. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole notion of introducing that third person into the mix, now you are sharing that bond with someone other than your spouse. Right. And so, you know, I know that there's a lot of people out there who just automatically go, well, of course that's not allowed. That's a sin. And, and yeah, more power to you for thinking that. But there's a lot of people out there who don't necessarily subscribe to that, you know, to those spiritual values who may actually be wondering, would a threesome spice things up in our marriage bed? Is this a good idea to entertain? Well, you have to think about the psychological implications of such a thing. Mm -hmm. For example, what happens when. One of you in the marriage decides that you really prefer this other person. Right. Whether it's him or her. Right. Uh That if, if you find yourself gravitating toward the other person instead of your spouse, there's going to be problems. Right. And once you've introduced that level of, I would imagine, I've never had a threesome, so I don't know for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you've had numerous Corey. Yeah, all the it, ones it, I've
0: had have been great, but all of my threesomes have been like conversations with people in public.
1: <laughs> yeah, a, a three-way dialogue.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh, you know I did that once on phone on the phone. You know I called <laughs> and then brought someone else in on the line so that we had three. Con- a
1: little verbal menage a trois. And
0: it's crazy. It was totally crazy and chaotic. Yes.
1: Yeah, but but what I envision is that a threesome is probably kind of like crack cocaine. Of, of sexual intensity, not intimacy. Right. I think intimacy is between two people. Right. But when you throw in that third person, then you've got intensity. And when you expose yourself to something like that, then, you know, going from crack cocaine back down to marijuana can be a real disappointment from what I understand. I haven't ever done either one of those either, just for those people who are right. wondering. But the idea is if you go back to the original design of one man, one woman married to each other, trying to form a pair bond that will last them throughout eternity, or at least throughout their lifetimes. What is it going to do to your excitement level between just the two of you when that third person isn't available or when that three way relationship has disintegrated or, um, yeah, I can imagine also that it would just freaking blow up in your face. (laughs) What, what happens when that third person goes out and starts telling, bunch of people, you freaky deaky secrets. Right. I don't think that's something that you want to have happen.
0: Well, and the, what happens when there's tension in the marriage? Where do you there, turn? You're
1: going to want to go running to right. that third person. Right.
0: And that's this is, let's, let's move it beyond the sexual arena and just move it to the emotional arena. This is the same thing that happens with emotional affairs that, you know, I had this connection with, with my wife and now all of a sudden we've had tension. So, boy, this other woman understands me so much better, you know, and what, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm causing damage to the relationship. Yeah. No way around it.
1: Yeah. You're chipping away at the exclusivity right. of that marriage relationship. Right. That's for sure.
0: So, I mean, this, we, we are talking a little bit about a finite kind of a thing when we're dealing, because, you know, we, we, we talk about what you do in your bedroom is up to the people involved. But there are some research based, health based kind of things that show well, there's a finite to this whole continuum we're talking about. That there's not an, it's not a, oh, everything goes, it's just whatever you're willing to do. And yeah, I guess that's true because we all make our own choices, but there's still history that we can pull from. And sure, they and show, research. Right, the show, uh, no, this will enhance things, and this will co- probably cause harm.
1: Yeah. Dr. Archibald Hart, who wrote a book called The Sexual Male long time ago, mm-hmm. has also written a book called Thrilled to Death. Right. And in it, he talks about the levels of um you know endorphins and all that kind of stuff that gets released in the brain with sexual release and all that kind of stuff but he also says that when you go to extremes to create those releases you have to keep gravitating not just toward those extremes but go even further and right. further it's kind of like once you get you know, that marijuana is a gateway drug right. then it's you're going to want thing. you know something harder and yeah
0: it's the fact of so, diminishing returns
1: exactly exactly so you have to realize that once you start going outside of just one man, one woman, maybe a sex toy, maybe a feather, you know, maybe a, a a kinky bath or a massage or, you know, just something to spice it up just between the two of you. When you start introducing other people, especially whether through the use of pornography or whether it's actual people, I do think that you create pathways in the brain that are going to call you back right. over and over again, that that fuels very addictive levels um and it's it's called anhedonia right, right um that that you just you have to have more and more and there's a, actually a movie i i can't recommend this movie for everybody so if you're skittish about all things sexual or even a lot of things sexual you may not want to watch this movie but it's called shame and it brings to life the notion that once you get started in things like pornography and uh obsessive a, a compulsive masturbation and prostitution it, that you just, you have to have more and more and more. And you just see this guy spiraling further and further down to the levels that he'll go to scratch that itch. And he just gets less and less satisfied, right. not more right. and more satisfied. Right.
0: And that's the whole dilemma of finding pleasure externally and internally, you know, that, we have these things that we try to seek outside ourselves versus try to find some things within ourselves. And if you look at marriage in that, what it is that we it's a growing development of ourself and, and trying to be a better person, but also enjoy that time with another person in that life in and of itself within relationship. Yeah. So uh, this, this goes back to the idea that sex is a language. It's how we do life. And what kind of things do I seek outside of my life to bring me pleasure or bring me meaning? And I have to constantly be an examination of that.
1: Right. And that brings me back to my thought of, you know, for people whose wildest fantasy is to have some sort of threesome. Um, and, and yeah, I'm going to come back to a, a case study, too. Um, for people that that is their wildest fantasy, you really need to ask yourself, what does this actually symbolize right. for me? what does this actually mean and does this have a root or foundation that i haven't that i haven't you know connected the dots and and drawn the big picture here for example there was a woman who came to one of my women at the well workshops um about a year ago and over this four day span of time you know all these women are unpacking their sexual and emotional baggage and she admitted that she is one of the women who are addicted to porn. Her husband was not, but okay. she was, and she wanted to break free. And so I asked her point blank, what are you surf for? She just kind of looked at me funny, and she said, well, I surf for porn. I said, no, what kind of right. porn? It's a variety. It, yes, there, there's, something, there's some words that you enter into your search engine to narrow down the multitude of selections available to find just what you're looking for. She said, well, I'm looking for threesomes. And I said, okay, well, that's actually probably one of the most common fantasies. It's probably one of the most common searches. And she said, no, you don't understand. It's not the kind of threesome that most people look for, like two women and a man. It, I look for two men and a woman. Okay. And so I proceeded to ask her, how many siblings did you have? And she said, I had two brothers. And I said, tell me about your childhood experiences with these brothers and she just was so amazed that I, it really doesn't take a rocket scientist, right. but you know, she's like, well, actually she said her older brother used to take her into his bedroom and lock the door and sexually abuse her. And her parents were so stoned out of their gourds that they had no idea what was going on down the hall. And her only hope of rescue is that her younger brother would, would, you know, break down the door or come in to play or whatever and distract her older brother from abusing her. Right. So I said, so basically you're telling me that from a very early age, like six years old, you fantasized about having another man walk in for the purpose of rescuing you then, right? And then she was able to make the connection of okay, this fantasy is really the brain's my brain's way of trying to heal itself from a past trauma. Right. It's not that she really wanted to be with two men. So whether right. you fantasize about two men or two women, there's a psychological reason why your brain is creating this fantasy and getting titillated by it. Mm-hmm. Understand that root and then that kind of takes the power and the lure out of it.
0: Yeah, understanding meaning is huge.
1: Yeah, the significance right. of, of what that symbolizes. Well,
0: this goes back to, I mean, go back to the history of my field in in the mental health field that you know freud talked about that one of the main motivating motivating drives of people is pleasure that that's yep. what people seek and then along comes Viktor frankl who says no 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 i don't think that's really true and this is he's a student of freud so yeah. he's kind of but he was
1: man search for meaning right, right? He's,
0: he, he says the fundamental drive of, of people is find meaning in and, and short of finding meaning they'll settle, they'll settle for pleasure And Ah. so it's when you can make meaning out of stuff, and this this applies to all aspects of life, when you can make meaning out of things, it's much deeper. And that's where marriage comes into play. You can make meaning with another person and what you do, why, how, when, all of that. And then pleasure comes along with that, sure. But when you have meaning, I mean, you're talking legacy. You're talking stuff that, that... That's why we get up and go to work in the morning. That's why we pay bills that's what you know, that's, it's all meaningful stuff right so i mean to me that's the answer to the question that we've been talking about this whole show of why how do you do what you do and is it crossing the line well what does it mean
1: what's, yeah what what's does the it mean meaning to you it?
0: right what's it, the it, you know the
1: question of how kinky is too kinky you have to add to you in right. there how kinky is too kinky for me and how kinky is too kinky for us
0: right And that's, that's where you get the chance to grow dramatically because when you come back to having pushback from another person that you love and care about and respect and want to honor and cherish, you have to rethink things. And it's not because they're making you, it's because that's part of, that's part and parcel of a relationship.
1: Sure. Yep. It's all about negotiating, (laughs) going back and forth, what we need, what we want, what we want to uh, offer. It, marriage is ministry. It is the yep. most valuable ministry you'll ever take part in.
0: Yep. And it's also the best places for growing. I mean, yep. it's, it's a people growing machine.
1: Yep. And for pleasuring and for being pleasured.
0: Yep. Woo-hoo. Hey, well, this has been fun. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to. <laughs> Who
1: knew talking about sex toys could be so fun?
0: Oh, well, there <laughs> you go. I'm not even sure I would need to add anything to that except for giving a shout out to Covenantspice.com. If you add the word radio at checkout, you get 10% off of your order. That's just a special thing for Sexy Marriage Radio listeners. So we're glad you joined us. Thanks again for taking some time out. Send us any kind of feedback you've got. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We would love to hear from you because we love hearing from the best and sexiest listeners on the planet. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks. We'll see you again next time.